Hi guys, my name is Sarah Balding and this is my podcast, Faithfully Following. So today we are going to be talking about serving others in love and how we get the perfect example of doing that from Christ. So we're going to start off with prayer and then we'll get started on that. Dear God, I just thank you for this day and for this time that we're able to focus our eyes on you. I pray that you would just give us all peace from our day and that we would be able to focus on these truths and these words that are coming from you. I pray that you would give me wisdom and that you would soften all of our hearts so that we can um, receive this message and then apply it to our lives. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would just like to start this episode out by reminding you guys that the past two episodes leading up to this one were about um, what are you following and the other one was about who will go to heaven and specifically talking about how we're saved by grace through faith and we're not saved by our works. However, our works should be a byproduct of the faith that is within us. And so that is kind of the context that I want to have for this episode, because we are talking about what we are called to do as Christians, which are actions and which could be labeled works, but that is still coming from the same place of faith. And it's still um, coming from the position of assuming that you are following Jesus and that you want to follow him and believe Um, that he was the Messiah and that he did sacrifice his life for us. So if you have any questions about that, I encourage you to check out my other two episodes. But this week, we're just kind of building upon that and saying, okay, if we are Christians, if we are saved by grace through faith, then what's the next step? Like, how do we live out our faith? How do we follow Jesus, be Christians, and become more like him? So we're going to start in John 13, 34 through 35. And this is a commandment that is given um, in the previous verse. It's talking about um, to the children of God. And so this is the commandment given to the children of God or those who are following him. Um, It says in verse 34, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And this is Jesus talking, and it's very clear here. He's telling us to love other people as he has loved us. And so we have to look around a little bit for the context of how exactly Jesus loved. And we get that context if we go back towards the beginning of John 13. And If you guys haven't read John yet, the beginning of John leading up to John 13 is talking about Jesus's ministry. And um, then once we get into John 13, it's talking more about um, when they are in the upper room having the Last Supper before Jesus um, goes to the cross and is betrayed and dies for each and every one of us. So that is kind of another tidbit of context for when this conversation is happening. And um, so if we go back to the beginning of John 13 in verses three through five, we get one glimpse into the kind of love that Jesus is calling us to and the kind of love that he showed. And so it says um, in verses three through five, Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. 
So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. So I think a lot of us are familiar with this image in our minds of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, um, but it's really, really significant here what is happening because I love how it says in verse 3, Jesus knew his authority. He knew he was over everything. He was from God and he was going back to God. And it is with that in verse 4, so he got up. Knowing his authority, Jesus humbled himself to do what is literally the lowest job imaginable in this time, and that's washing the feet of other people because they didn't really take baths that often. They didn't really wear shoes that protected their feet completely from the dirt and poop of animals and everything that they would walk in um, for days. And so like the lowliest low of servants would be the one that would wash other people's feet. And you notice that none of the disciples offered to wash the feet. Instead, Jesus, who has the highest authority, um, is humbling himself to this position of the lowest of low servants and is washing the disciples' feet. And um, so that's just a really beautiful image that showcases his love. And it says, after this description of Jesus washing the feet in John 13, 14 through 15, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. And so, like we find out later um, in 34 through 35, this commitment to love others, we see the same idea here. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and we're supposed to, as Christians, wash each other's feet. This is the example that we're given, the example of love and love for our fellow human beings, and we're supposed to do as Jesus does. And this is a theme that is throughout the Bible to act like Jesus and to love like Jesus towards our fellow Christians and even towards anyone that you um, encounter in this world. Uh, you can find this in a bunch of different places. In Galatians 5.13, it calls us again to serve in love. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love. And it's that humble service that emphasizes and shows our love to other people. So who are we supposed to love each other? And why are we supposed to do it? Because Jesus did it first. Um, if you want to look at Matthew 25, um, there's a parable um, that talks about this same idea of loving others. And um, I just love this parable so much. And so I want to tell you guys, about it because it has a similar idea and it is talking about when Jesus is going to come back um, for the second time and so it refers to him as the king because he will be the king he will have ultimate authority over this world and so it says in verses 34 through 36 of Matthew 25 then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world for I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. 
I was in prison and he visited me. And we see this image here of Jesus saying to people who lived their lives in this world, the same as we are, like, you served me. And then if you read the next two verses, they're like, when? When did we serve you, Jesus? We don't remember that. We never really saw you. We didn't know that was you. Like, when when did we serve you? And they're so confused. And in verse 40, it says again, And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And so if you serve those around you, you're also serving Jesus. It's so clearly laid out for us here in Matthew 25. So if you love Christ, if you're grateful for the sacrifice Christ made to you, then you're going to show that love by loving those around you because when you're doing that, you're loving Jesus and you're helping Jesus and you're serving Jesus. So if you're asking yourself, how can I serve Jesus? What can I do today as a Christian? I love the Lord and I want to live that out. Help those around you. If someone is naked, give them clothing. If someone is hungry, feed them. If someone is thirsty, give them a drink because then you're doing that for the Lord as well. And that is this idea of just what we're called to do. We're supposed to be a family of believers, the church. Like we need to support one another. We need to love one another. And we're told so many times throughout the Bible because this is what we're commanded to do. It's so important that if we're calling ourselves Christian, we're living out our lives so that it can reflect Christ in the life and the love that he lived out. So it's very, very clear that we're supposed to serve one another in love as Jesus did. And so let's just go back to John 13 and take a closer look at um, everything that Jesus did because right around um, that commandment in John 13, 34 through 35, we see a lot of really good examples of how Jesus loved. So we can then observe that and then try to put that into practice in our own life um, with the help of the Holy Spirit. But really, when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, that symbolized the cleansing of the people that was going to come through the cross and through Jesus's blood and death on the cross. Um, in John 13, 6 through 9, it says, When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And I think we can all relate to Simon Peter in this moment because, first of all, he didn't understand why Jesus was doing this low, low job and washing their feet. And he was like, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus is like, you don't understand because unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Simon Peter's like, okay, then wash all of me. Wash every bit of me because I want to belong to you. I want to be yours. And this is kind of alluding to what's going to come with the bread and wine as Jesus shows us so clearly that we are cleansed by his blood in the new covenant and that what is going to come, Jesus's death on the cross, which he knew was happening, 
is what is going to clean us, clean us completely. And that is what is going to allow us to belong to him and allow us to go to heaven. And this is the perfect example of his love. And we see so clearly what he's been showing us through his entire ministry that he came to save, he came to serve, and he came to show his love for us. And, um, Revelation 1 5 just emphasizes this when it describes Jesus as the one who loved us and who washed us from our sins in his own blood. And so Jesus's love was not only humbling himself to this serv- servantile position, but it was sacrificial love. He died for his love and he gave up his life for his love. And this is the love that he is telling us to show towards other people. And just like Jesus died on the cross, we have to die to our old selves, be born again and put on our new selves in order to be able to do that loving well and to do that love with the Holy Spirit, which will then empower us to love the way Christ loved. Because without being saved, without Um, having the power of the Lord within us, we're not going to be able to love perfectly. We're going to have broken human love, which we see so often in this world. But if you want to love better, the Lord helps you with that. And the Holy Spirit will transform your heart and mind and your eyes, and you will be able to love more completely and better than you can without him. And that is because of the love that comes from Jesus. But In order to do that, you have to die to yourself and be born again, just like Jesus died for his sacrificial love. Um, In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so when you are in Christ, when you decide to follow him and accept his sacrifice, your old life, your old desires, everything passes away in Everything else is created new in the Holy Spirit and in in your salvation. You are a new person. And Colossians 3.10 tells us then what to do with that. It says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And so this very clearly lays out what I was trying to say. And this is why I always use Bible verses because I really can't put it better than the Bible and how it has already been said. But Once we make that decision to follow Christ, we get rid of our old self, but then we have to put on our new self. We have to continuously make that choice. And when we do that, we're being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And that is a renewal that happens every day. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us a little bit more. We become a little bit more like Jesus every single day. And that means that our love becomes a little bit more like Jesus's love every single day if we're working on it and growing closer to God. And so in doing this, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the eyes and the heart of Jesus. And this is just um, a phrase that I use um, in, in my faith and in talking to other people about my faith, because I feel like it shows so well, like, how we differ from Jesus because so often like we'll pass by someone who is in need of our help and either we completely won't notice that they need our help and that they need our love or we won't care enough if we do notice to actually help them and that's why if you have the eyes and the heart of Jesus you're going to see the world and the people in this world as Jesus did and then you're going to have that desire that comes from God to help them and you're going to actually help them because you want to and because 
you truly love them as you have been loved. And so we can talk a little bit about what Jesus's eyes and heart actually looked like. Um, And Jesus knew beforehand at this dinner when he's talking to his disciples for the last time, he knew that Judas Iscariot was going to betray him. And he knew that all of the disciples were going to leave him. Even when they denied that they would ever deny him, you know, Peter was like, no, God, I'm never going to, I would rather die than deny you. And he's like, no, I guarantee you before the second rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And it happened. And so like, if you were in that position, you would probably think to yourself, or at least I would, okay, these people are going to betray me. Then they, they don't really deserve my saving because they're kind of inadequate. And we kind of get that judgmental mind when people betray us, when people wrong us, when people do things that make us feel like they don't deserve our love, then we, we don't really want to love them. And um, that is the total opposite of what Jesus does. And this is why we need the eyes and the heart of Jesus. And we need to love like Jesus because he, he doesn't say that. He's not like, oh, you guys, you guys don't deserve my love. No, he sees their betrayal as a motivation for why he has to save all of humans and why he has to save his disciples because he knows that we can't save ourselves and he loves us too much to leave us doomed for the death that we deserve. Because in this betrayal, Jesus sees that we are always going to fall short. We're always going to betray him or deny him or do something wrong. And that is going to separate us from him. We're not going to be his if that happens. And Jesus is like, no, I don't see that as reason not to literally pick up my cross and go die on the cross for them. That is not a reason not to. That is a reason to do it because I love them so much. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with them going to hell because of their sins because I love them more than that. And I know they will. And that's not okay because my love is greater than that. And that's why he continues and he goes and he accepts their betrayal and he accepts his position that God has given him and he carries out God's will and glorifies God by going to the cross in love. And so when you put on your new self, you also are committing yourself to following the commandments and being conformed to the image of Jesus so that you can honor him and that you can honor God. And this is what it looks like to give up your life as a living sacrifice for God, as we're called to in Romans 12, 1. Just as Jesus gave up his life as a sacrifice for every single one of us so that we might have eternal life if we choose to accept it, we're too called to give up our life as a living sacrifice every single day for the glory of God. And that's our true worship. That's in Romans 12, 1. And this is picking up our cross and giving up our life to save it as we're called to do in Matthew 16, 24 through 25. If you are holding on to your life, you're you're not going to be able to keep it. But if you give up your life for the glory of God and for living for Christ and being conformed to the image of Christ, then you are going to be his and you are going to have eternal life. And that is what it looks like to follow God and to desire to love as he loved and to love other people. You give up everything. You give up your entire life to him. And one of the many ways that we can do this on a practical level is serving others with the love that God has given us. 1 John 4, 9-12 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Okay, now if we pause. God's love is shown through Jesus. Like that is very clear. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. 
And then we continue in verse 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. So we need to love others because God loved us first. And because Jesus showed us the perfect example, we have the perfect example to follow as we go out and love our brothers and sisters all around the world. Every single person. We have to love them all and we love them with the love of Christ and that brings his love to full expression through us. God's love is shown through us and that's glorifying him as other people see that in this world. They see the radical love of Christ in us, clothing other people, feeding other people, giving other people drinks when they're thirsty. Take off your clothes and put that towel around you and wash the feet of those around you. I don't know what that looks like in your life because I could do a whole episode on how we all have a different purpose given to us by God, but it's important that you know that God has work for you to do today and he wants you to succeed and that he wants you to pick up your cross today and humble yourself and do that service to others and do that service to God. And so pray about what that looks like for you and just have that constantly on your mind because when you're focusing on how you can show other people Christ's love today in this moment, in this hour, he's going to give you the eyes and heart of Jesus and you're going to see people walking down the street that need help and you're going to want to help them and you're going to step out and help them because you've been loved and you want to share that love with other people. And so pray about what that looks like in your own life and who God is calling you to love in your own life right now. And you can even ask them, how how can I love you well? Like, how can I support you? Because that's so important that we do that for the people in our lives because then we're showing them Jesus. And one thing for me has been giving up my time for other people because um, I've been praying about this a lot in my own life. I've been learning about it a lot in my own life, and that's why I'm sharing it with you guys. But um, I'm very, I'm very greedy with my time, and I say that um, with a, with a frowny face on my face because I I wish that I'm not. But I feel like my time is my own, but it's really not because everything is the Lord's. Um, in Job one twenty one, um, Job is saying, "I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away." Praise the name of the Lord, and I love this verse because Job understands everything is the Lord's. We came into this world with the breath of God put into us, and everything since then has been a gift from the Lord. And so he can He can give and he can take away, and that's in his rights because it's his, it's not ours. And so I had to realize that with my time, I had to give it up to God so that um, he could use that time that is really not my own, even though I thought it was, to help me love other people. And maybe that's what God is calling you to do today, to just make yourself more available to helping other people because building meaningful relationships with other people, being generous with your time to support, encourage, love, and serve others is so valuable. And when you just free up that time in your schedule or say yes, instead of saying no to things that um, maybe you think are below you, maybe you think you don't have time for, but just stepping into that service with a smile on your face, ready for how the Lord is going to work in that situation is really, really powerful. Don't underestimate that because God will show you through that how you can serve other people um, in that situation. And so I just had to humble myself and give my time to the Lord 
And honestly, he has done a lot with that. So it has definitely worked in my life. And I would recommend if you don't know where to start, just just be available to give up your time and be open to the possibilities that God has for how he's going to use you to love other people and complete his love in that way. But ultimately, if you just are growing in your faith and continuously pursuing the Lord with zeal, then he is going to help you grow. And he is going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you and change your thoughts. And that will give you the eyes um, to see the world and people around you as Jesus did, not as unworthy of our love, but as so in desperate need of our love in the love of Christ. And then he will give you the desires of your heart and he will change the desires of your heart to do something about it and to help those around you. And so I just want to end in prayer before the episode is over, but really I consider you guys pray about this on your own. Ask God how you can show the love of Christ to other people around you um, today, tomorrow, and every day after that. Uh, we're just going to pray now. Dear God, I thank you for this day. And I thank you so much for the love that you have for us, this unconditional, unescapable love that you have for each and every one of us. You've shown that to us throughout the Bible and through Jesus in his perfect sacrifice and his love for us to be willing to do that and to to step up and do that. And I just thank you that you gave that to us as a gift. And I thank you that we have the example of Christ for how we're supposed to imitate your love to those around us. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do that. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to find how we can do that today and how we can love those around us and support our brothers and sisters in Christ um, and really show you to other people through loving them and loving them well. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was all that I had for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening and just joining me on this journey as we learn together how to faithfully follow God.